Hi, this is Chris Birch from Modiphius. You are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Captain Wrigley's Starship Emporium. Hmm, what's a starship? Is the GM mixing his genres again? Well, apparently Captain Wrigley is a very handsome man and the greatest salesman in the galaxy. Whatever that is. Wait, who's that? Greetings, human. What? We come in peace. You come in peace? Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill? I'll show you shoot to kill, you witless drones. Take this fireball right in the face! <laughs> Wait, what? They were just extras for the commercial. Well, why didn't you say so? Um, do I still get paid? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, I am delighted to be here. We have a very special guest this week, Peter. Really? All the way from Sweden. Goodness. I bet his arms must be tired. So, uh, our guest this week is Theodore, or Theo Burquist who um, you may know as uh, one of the creators of the Trudvang Chronicles over at Riot Mines. Yeah, nice. Um, I was just talking to um, Theo just before we started about how gorgeous all the um, Swedish output is. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's Riot Mines and there's Free League and everything that seems to come out of Sweden appears to have this production quality which just blows everything else out of the water. Yeah, some real coffee table book yeah. uh, quality stuff, which is... Pretty nice. They're a visual treat, I've got to say. Yeah, so uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Theo. Thanks, I'm Ooh. super delighted to be here. A legendary squad, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> legendary somewhere, I'm yeah. sure. Legendary squad. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> right then, should we jump into some RPG news? Oh, yes, yes. What's okay, been going then. on? So, okay, that's quite a bit of news this week. Fantastic. Clearly our January slowdown's finished. Should we start, should we start with Terminator? Oh, go on then. Bit of good. Nightfall Games posted the cover image of their upcoming Terminator RPG. Ooh, nice. Which is coming soon to Kickstarter. No date given yet, but the cover image. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. Is this the Glasgow-based Nightfall Games that yes. you, you slay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. So, so there's no more details. Obviously, the quick, starter, nice. the quick start was released back in December. Mm. But yeah. So there we go. We've got uh, quite a nice picture couple of, I guess, their resistance members looking a bit frazzled. They are being stalked by a giant Terminator in a leather jacket, so... Which would ruin anybody's day. That, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not going to have a good day if I'm being stalked by a giant last, Terminator. Last time I was stalked by a Terminator, it did not end up well, i got to tell no. you. We had to fix oh. it with time travel and everything. It was just a mess. I, I know. I, like, we were there for ages with mops and buckets. It was ridiculous. Mm. Have you ever been stalked by a Terminator for you? Uh, actually, you know, that the, the, the movie, you know, back in the, when was it, 90s, 80s, late, or mm-hmm. early 90s, that, 80s, that was one yeah. of my absolutely yeah. favourite ones. So, mm. I mean, looking forward to this one, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, you a, are you a Terminator <laughs> 1 man or a Terminator 2 man? Uh, oh, that's a good one. It's like Alien 1 or Alien 2, it's right? It's difficult, but, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, would, I would then say 2, I guess 2. 2 is a good yeah. movie. That is a very good movie. 
Yeah, they're, they're both very strong. Yeah. Um, I haven't really liked sequels quite as much, got to say. <laughs> you, and the, you and the rest of the world, Peter, right? I don't think there's any, um, <laughs> there's any maybe, disagreement there. Well, maybe there are some people who like the sequels better. I don't yeah, know. They're entitled to their opinions. No. Well, talking of movies, yes. there's some casting news for the Cast upcoming news. D&D Dungeons & Dragons live-action film. <laughs> yeah, <that's coming>. So <laughs> we already knew that Chris Pine was involved. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that a while back. Yeah. But we now know that uh, Michelle Rodriguez, mm. who you might know from Avatar and Fast and the Furious. Amongst other things. And uh, was a lady who's happy to die on camera. And <laughs> uh, Justice Smith, mm. who I'm not so familiar with, but um, she was in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World Dominion, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, a film I have not seen, but I'm sure is wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. I know this, this person here. But they, I have they, seen him and stuff. They, they, they have been cast in the D and D movie. Nice. Yes, I can see that. Excellent. Yeah, and that's uh, that D and D movie has uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldman directing and writing, and they're connected with Spider Man Homecoming. Oh. So, if you liked that film, hopefully that'll give you a hint as to what the D and D movie is going to be like. Quite, quite possibly, yeah. Is that mm. greenlighted that movie yet, or is it just in the works? I think. Well, I think announced for twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think when they start casting people, I think mm. it counts as greenlighted. Then doesn't mm. it? I think. Uh, I think there's many tricks, threats, and draws, as they say. Yeah, so. you know, you know, the movie industry. Anything could happen next yeah. week. It could be cancelled next week. Who knows? Yeah. Just keep your fingers well. crossed and hope it's better than the previous D and D movies. <laughs> so aesthetic. So adjust your expectations accordingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> except, except, except those are, those are Peter's favourite movies of all time. It's true. I can't deny it. Ah, <laughs> oh, me. Right. Shall we talk uh, about something Swedish? Oh, I, I suppose it would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, Free League launched their One Ring Second Edition Kickstarter this week. Oh wow! Yeah. When I say this week, I mean yesterday. Yeah. And I was watching it tick up. And you know how on Kickstarter, the numbers just tick up automatically. You don't have to refresh the page. I was yeah, looking yeah. at it and it was like looking at some kind of slot machine or something. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> at one point I was, I was counting and it was going up by a thousand pounds, like every 10 seconds, like a hundred yeah. pounds a second. It was insane. And it was getting fun, really fun. hypnotic as well. I couldn't <laughs> take my eyes off of it. Okay. Funded in four minutes against the. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's just ticked again. Eight thousand something. Yeah, don't look at it. You'll get gold. hypnotized because it will keep going up. <laughs> You'll never stop looking at it. Uh, okay, they wanted to make a hundred thousand kroner, and they did that in four minutes. So that's about yeah, thirty-five thousand yeah. kroner a minute. That's quite a lot. So, so you, quite quickly. So if you translate it over to US dollars, in the first twelve hours, they've done over half a million US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's insane. I think it, it, it looks really good, wow. and, and and even though they don't change, uh, show so much, what they show it looks really really neat. I think, but uh, it does. Yeah, let's see where they end mm. up. I think they have slowed down a bit last couple of hours, right? Yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see where it ends up. It's only yeah. three weeks long, this one, so it's yeah. not a full full oh. month. Right. And uh, I'm thinking about the record for a tabletop RPG Kickstarter was Matt Colville's one with 2.3 million, I want to say. Yeah. His wow. uh, strongholds and followers. Yeah, amazing. And then and then we have John Wick with 7th Seed is something like 1.2 million. Yeah. 
And then I've yeah. got a feeling this one has a chance of overtaking that, looking at I it. I mean, it's a short, quick starter, but my days, that's like nearly half a million pounds on yeah. days to go. Ah, ah. Wow. I, I wouldn't like to predict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to them. Yeah, at the, at the same time, you can you can look at it and see. You know, this is the the the, the world's biggest, uh, greatest fantasy property, right? So yeah, it, it should. I mean, if, if they don't break the numbers, they you know, I, I I would expect that they do. You know, because yeah, yeah. I mean, and I guess that uh, Soul Sand also would expect that. So yeah. So, yeah. just out of curiosity, over there in Sweden, is 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 there a bit of rivalry between the different uh, Swedish companies, or are you quite friendly? No, I mean we've been very. I mean, all of us uh, have been very supportive uh, towards each other. We we just think it's yeah. it's great, right? I mean, we we share printing houses and you know ideas and, and even artists. So so yeah. no, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I think the Swedes are going to take over the world, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got the, 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 the One Ring Core Rules, that limited 10th anniversary collector's edition. Mm. I mean, leather bound, gold foil stamped adornments, Tengwar script. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's probably got those like little, little, uh, bookmarks that I really like. Yeah. The, tell like, tell the you what presents. I do like the look what of these. Yeah. I, I like the look of the box starter set there. Mm. And it's got that color map of the Shire. And one of the stretch goals was to make the map of the Shire even larger. Mm. So I, I'm quite excited about that. Unfortunately, you can't just pledge for the starter set, which is probably mm. what I would do. Mm. So I'm going to have to go for the, uh, for the, for the whole caboodle. It, it's amazing yeah. to see. I haven't uh, watched the last couple of hours, but, but the, the first uh, 24 hours, I think, uh, the, the, if you looked at the, the highest pledge was 50%, right, of, of, the full, uh, mm. of the full amount. So it's a lot of collectors out there, and that, that is yeah. a, a new trend, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, you occasionally get a Kickstarter like, uh, uh, what's, what's Monty Cook's one again? Uh, Invisible Sun. Mm. Where, where it's something like two or three hundred dollars just for the basic pledge. Mm. And that's definitely kind of geared at the sort of higher end collector's mm. market. And there's those Beadle and Grimm's, um, box sets for D&D, which are sort of two, three hundred dollars, aren't they? Mm. So I think it's a really healthy sign that there's a market out there for these really expensive kind of deluxe yeah. collector's edition. It shows that the industry itself is in a really, really healthy place. Mm. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're going to run out of stretch goals. Well, they keep running out of stretch goals. Basically, they keep okay. adding them, and as they add them, <laughs> the stretch goals fall behind them faster than they can type. <laughs> oh, my days. That's ridiculous. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They're just shooting through them constantly. Yeah. I'm so that- excited. I am really, really, really rooting for them to do so well. They have done well already, but to do, you know, I want them to, I want them to smash all Even the records. And- yeah. Well, that's like, I can't say it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, 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 but just to let people know, it, this isn't the fifth edition version of the One Ring. This is like the original. Edition. Yeah, so there's going Rules. to be Adventures in Middle Earth, Earth Second Edition at mm-hmm. some point, and that's compatible with D and D Fifth Edition. But that's going to be a separate Kickstarter later. Yes, I mean, so which which will probably do even better than this one. Because it'll be yeah, for D&D which will be edition. quite impressive, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I might be wrong about this, but I'm fairly sure when Dom came on from Cubicle Seven on, on, onto the show, he he mentioned that when they did the Run Ring and Adventures in Middle Earth, Adventures in Middle Earth 
sold quite a bit more than the mm-hmm. core One Ring stuff did. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, I mean, you know, clearly there's a huge demand for it. I mean, in part that's going to be because they are such beautiful birds. Mm. And, uh, anyway, so <laughs> enough, enough fanboying about <laughs> Tolkien and so forth. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got some news to get out on with. <laughs> right, should we talk about combat wheelchairs in Pathfinder? Uh, yes, yes. I hear the dislocating GM on Twitter has a. Uh, been doing their magic again. So there's a there's a trailer for it, and Ooh. it's basically the Pathfinder book, Pathfinder Second Edition book, The Grand Bazaar, mm-hmm. which includes loads and loads of items and weapons and loads of, loads of stuff. And in there, uh, you will find a battle wheelchair and other assistive <laughs> items. Nice. Uh, so let's have a look. So we've got, um, the wheelchair, which could be modified and specialized to use as weapons in lieu of a sword or a mace. Mm-hmm. And there's also magical versions, like a minotaur wheelchair that can store up energy throughout the day and release it in a ramming burst during combat. Nice, nice. Uh, you so can also look forward like, to- get, Gets the flywheel going. <laughs> you can okay. also look forward to flaming chainsaw wheels. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Does it have wings as well? It's just, yeah. Well, yeah, I imagine so, yeah. I, I'm fairly oh. sure there must be a flying version in there too. Yeah. And why not? Uh, it, sounds, yeah. it sounds like a, it sounds like they've got it going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to play any Pathfinder 2, uh, Theo? No, actually, that's one of the games I've never played. I, I mean, I flipped through the books, mm. but, uh, but I can't say that I ever played it. No, fair enough, fair enough. It's a, yeah, I mean, it's we're a, playing it's a... Yeah, we're playing a Pathfinder Second Edition game on okay. um, um, cool. Thursday nights at the moment, which is mm. just fun. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, one of those lockdown Roll Twenty games. I'm still trying to get grips <laughs> with Roll Twenty, but you know, uh-huh. needs must and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, let's the news. Let's yeah. scroll through the news, shall we? Uh, oh yeah, do you remember the lawsuit? Oh, the Weiss when Gale Force Nine? No, Gale, oh, Force, Gale Force Nine, Nine. Right. sued uh, Wizards of the Coast late last year. Mm-mm. It was it was Wizards of the Coast's second time they got sued in the space of about two months. Yeah. So the Weiss and Hickman one got settled, and mm. they've since announced the Dragonlance novels coming. Mm-hmm. But there was also one from Gale Force Nine that we talked about on the show, and mm. this was, I mean. I, uh, again, it's kind of centered around Wizard of the Coast's desire to end a license early. Mm-hmm. And so Gale Force 9 um, sued them and asked for an injunction preventing them from um, ending the license early and Ooh. asking for about a million dollars in damages as well. It's like wow. 950000 or something. Yeah, a lot yeah. of money, anyway. Um, so that has now been settled. Ooh. Uh, not only has it been settled, um, Wizard of the Coast and Gale Force Nine's licensing agreement will be continuing. Oh, okay. So it's interesting this, because although it's been settled, the original judgment was against Gale Force Nine in the, um, mm-hmm. the judge did not grant that injunction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but even so, so yeah, mm-hmm. even so, the two parties have settled it. Right, uh, and 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 um, I'm guessing what's happening is that there's no damages involved for the licenses continue. So everything is going back to how it was before. I guess mm. is the uh, right is the kind of the kind of thing. Everyone paying their own lawyers, I guess, as well. <laughs> oh, that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. The only people to make money out of all of that. Was, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I gotta say, if someone sued me for a million dollars, I I mean, like 
I, I like to try to be a nice guy. I might hold a grudge, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's a big, you know, Hasbro's a big business. I mean, they, yeah. Uh, I imagine dealing with things like this is just like daily admin stuff to them. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, a million dollars. I don't imagine a million dollars is a lot of money to Hasbro, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think they would probably not lose the million dollars, but yeah, okay. Well, that's what it's, I not, say, it's, yeah. Not, it's not it's not the worst thing to happen to them. Well, so, apparent, yeah. apparently, apparently, uh, twenty twenty was the best year yet for D and D, according to one of their recent earnings calls. I think like yeah. this week or last week. I mean, every time we mention these earnings calls, they say the exact same thing and have done for like the last ten years now. It's been the best year yet for D and D every year going <laughs> on. So they're growing. Well, it keeps being true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. It, it is the best year for D&D. More yeah, people keep coming into the hobby, yeah. Yeah. So what, what that what that means to me, though, is like the entire industry. Because because you can see D&D is a kind of barometer of the industry. It's the market leader. And, you know, as D&D rises, so does the rest of the industry, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, especially. And there yeah. are a lot of indie games out there as well. And like, yeah, there's... That, that that's going to help because a lot of these games are also, I got to say, a lot more accessible to get into. Yeah, um, you've got everything ranging from people like Grant Howarth and his one-page role-playing games, which is pretty nice, to um, all the way up to considerably crunchier Pathfinder Second Edition. There's a lot of a uh, lot of space there. Yeah, I don't think I call Pathfinder indie. Well, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> if every, I mean, if yeah, everyone just... except D and D is indie, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Fair enough. Then uh, we've we've still got Call of Cthulhu. So there's a lot of stuff that. Ooh, we've like, talked about Call where, of Cthulhu. Where do we draw? Where do we draw the lot? Oh, speaking of Call of Cthulhu, oh, yes. I've got an interesting little yeah. snippet of info on Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah. Apparently, it outsells D and D in Japan. Oh, yeah. really? Call of Cthulhu oh. is the biggest tabletop RPG in Japan. Which is really surprising. Maybe it's just what they like. They like we like having relatively low powers protagonists doing their best uh, <laughs> before they get eaten by a creeping horror doing. Maybe the power fantasy of kicking the door, uh, killing monsters, and seeing their stuff isn't for them. Yeah, right? maybe. I, I don't. You know, I, I'm not familiar with the Japanese RPG market at all. But do they, 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 they translate, uh, or do they localize, or do I assume they play so, English yeah. version? I would assume so. I don't yeah, know for sure. That could matter as well, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. Japanese people just like things with tentacles more than we do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be possible. That. Okay. Yeah, maybe. You see, I thought that joke, but I didn't make it. Cause, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would spend that on a job of editing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right. Or maybe it's now as we talk about. We, we can't speak for majority of Japanese because <laughs> you, you probably would know better than me because you've actually been there. Yeah. I, yeah, but I wasn't involved in RPGs there at all. And I certainly no. never entered any kind of hobby game store or even a bookshop, to be honest, while I was there. So I couldn't tell you. No, no, no. Let me let me call up the news article. So it's Dicebreaker that's reporting this. Hmm. It's success is driven by an explosion in interest among younger fans and a growing hmm. audience of female players in Japan. Hmm. So it is translated, um, Theo, as mm-hmm. you asked, uh, by the publisher Hobby Japan, and they started translating back in 1986 with the game's third edition. So Call of Cthulhu third edition wow. was first translated into Japanese in 1986. Yeah. And then they've been doing yeah. it ever since. They're on seventh now, I believe. So, yeah. It's currently released over there by publisher Kadokawa. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the sixth and seventh edition have sold more than 300,000 copies combined. Wow. Mm. So that's a lot. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, do, do the Swedish, like, well, does your studio, um, like, does it branch out? I mean, obviously, translate into European languages and English and so forth, because why wouldn't you? What languages do the Swedish companies prefer to translate into? Oh, uh, German, Germany, Spanish, French, Italian. Mm. Those are the, the the main markets. I think some. Mm. Uh, I mean, not not us, but I think some even uh, tried to translate into Rush, Russian. But that's mm. yeah, that's uh, yeah. but uh, uh, particularly I think from depending on on genre, right? France is pretty mm. big on the horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italy is pretty big for us on fantasy, for example. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's a yeah. bit different. Yeah, I, I know there's like um, quite a big role playing game market in Brazil. So yeah, I guess too. Portuguese, yeah. Portuguese. Yeah, that's pretty big yeah, actually like for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So just going back to those stats, um, I was just looking at yeah. what Kaosium was saying, and they said that the Japanese language of course Call of Cthulhu in Blimey. Sold more copies than all of the games other languages combined, English mm. included. But it wow. is, isn't that so Japanese to be a bit, uh, you know, generalizing now? <laughs> I used to live there, so I kind of, <laughs> I, I, I know I know how they are. Right? They go 100% into one thing and then everyone should do that. So but, uh, it's really impressive numbers. I mean, never yeah. heard of that. Well, yeah. what, what you're saying is that their nerdery is very hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, definitely. They're like, yeah. Yeah, give me some Call of Cthulhu. Give me more Call yeah, of Cthulhu. Exactly. Mm. I was like, All right, yeah, no, wow, yeah, wow. wow. I, I would never have guessed it outsold the English edition as well. Yeah, no, that surprises me. But there we go. Nice one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, I think we might be nearing the end of the news section. Oh, Larry Elmore's doing a new Dragonlance painting. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So this is apparently a private commission, but he's been mm-hmm. showing it off on his Facebook page. And this is called, uh, it's called The Women of Dragonlance. Mm. And okay. it features the four main female characters of Dragonlance, which, uh, uh, uh Goldmoon, Tika, mm. Kitiara, and, um, um, um Lorana, mm-hmm. uh, standing in front of a blue dragon in front of a mountainous landscape. Wow. Ooh. Nice. I didn't know he was still uh, doing, uh, uh, commission work. No, I yeah. didn't either. I, yeah. I guess he is. I mean, yeah. I'm so I'm excited to see this final piece of art. I mean, what's your What's yeah. your sort of thoughts on sort of you know the 80s style of Elmore art that is very much associated with Dragonlance? Mm. And I think you know some people love it, some people don't like it so much. I'm a fan of it. I like it a lot. I mean, what, do, do you guys sort of have memories of that sort of period yeah, of art? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dragonlance is the cornerstone of the. Uh, of the you know role playing youth right so yeah. so I I just love that I had this uh, uh, booklet with the Dragonlance artwork right that they combine combine mm. all the so yeah I'm really looking forward to this one that mm. would be a blast to see he's doing some new stuff yeah yeah um, um, he's done a lot of stuff oh yeah yeah I very much recognise the style uh, I've got to say it's very very good looking yeah, yeah a, lot, I mean, a lot of the most iconic D and D art is. Uh, Oh, wow. It's Larry Elmore. I think we've come to the end of the week's RPG news. Unless either of you two can think of anything I've missed. There's a couple of things, but the thing I want to talk about most is mm. um, there is a magazine set up to discuss specifically tabletop RPGs. It's called mm. Knucklebones. You talked about that last week. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about it again <laughs> this week. It's been re- I've actually read it this time, okay. so that, that really helped. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, it, was, it was very interesting. It was sort of like... Um, 
quite a grab bag of articles. Um, and it was like, um, I think it was $6 to mm. download it, which, mm-hmm. you know, um, I felt I got, there, there was definitely a wide variety. I cannot emphasize enough how wide the variety of the articles were. Mm. They had like, um, one fairly, I found pretty much unpalatably dry academic article on procedural generation, which seemed to be quite, quite heavily biased towards computer game worlds. And to be honest, I didn't read that. Really, a really interesting article in defense of railroading, which I thought was very good. Um, and amongst other things, there was also a really interesting historical take on the development of uh, British role-playing games and how they came to be. Um, so, yeah, I thought, yeah, this was it. I, I, I thought I got my money's worth out of it, so I need to read issue two. So you, give, so you give Knuckle Bones a strong recommend, do you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I mean, it's like, if you're, if you're just a like casual player and you're not that fussed about it, then it's not for you. But if you really like RPGs, and to be fair, I think our audience really like RPGs. <laughs> you <laughs> why else are you listening to an RPG news podcast? Yeah. Like, we, we, we love you. You're our sorts of nerds. You know what I mean? Apart, <laughs> um, apart from my dad, who does listen to the podcast, and I still don't think he knows what an RPG is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, I've given up, trying to, ex- yeah, I've given up <laughs> trying to explain what I do for a living. Uh, yeah, I write books, Dad. There you go. <laughs> yes. do. Interactive theatre. That's the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, like I say, um, I, I think it was worth a shot, and um, I reckon I'll uh, have a look at issue two. I'm hoping for issue three, which is due out sometime in March. Excellent, cool. Mm. Alright yeah. then, it's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game, our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Let's play our yes. favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Um, Theo, oh. you're brand new to this game, but I assure you it is more fun than it sounds. You yeah. just have the rules uh, recap yeah, as well. Yeah, so. I, I must, we just <laughs> warn you, I'm, I'm not the, you know, the, the fanboy of, of knowing all the indie games out there. But, uh, oh, but you know. It's better that way. It's better oh, when yeah. you don't know what it is. Okay. You see. Yeah, yeah. So all right. I, okay. I, 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 if, if I get it spot on, right... It's going to be because I got very lucky. Okay, <laughs> oh, I, w- really I will say name. I will say James Bond to to every one of them, and All right, let's, uh, let's hope I'm right. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, Peter. Do you want to go first and uh, show for you how it works? Oh, I'll certainly attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Are you ready, Peter? I'm listening. Yes. Okay. What is Warpland? Ooh. Warpland. Hmm. I'm excited by this one already. It sounds like it's quite, um, like quite a science fictiony sort of game. And I always like sit up and take interest when I hear that sort of thing. I'm hoping warp has in like warped has in the land itself has been warped maybe by some sort of strange magical effects. And that makes me think obviously of stuff like Jack L. Chalker's The Change Wind stuff. So I'm hoping for, um, like, essentially adventuring set in a world that's been twisted and changed by maybe magic maybe like uh really weird physics something like that That that's what i'm going for hmm. um and has the system oh i don't know um like j- just just so you know Theo, you're very rarely <laughs> wrong if you say fifth edition but I, i'm feeling i'm feeling bold today. i'm feeling bold i've had my wheaties i'm gonna say it's uh an original system okay so 
How wrong am I, Rose? You're not, How wrong? You're not, um, I'd say you're about halfway <laughs> right. Hey! <laughs> I think I think the word warp does a lot of the heavy lifting on that, though. It does a lot of heavy yeah. lifting. So yeah, basically, this is a science fantasy RPG. It's also Ooh. like an art book, and it's inspired Ooh. by heavy metal comics Ooh. and nice. psychedelia, or Delia. So it's a, it's a, it's a world that has been convoluted by the technology of an extinct civilization. <laughs> and so the sky has been turned into this kaleidoscope and people have these mutagenic maelstroms that like change the landscape and the people. And that's oh. only half right. Come on. Man. Yeah. I would say it's uh, yeah, 90% uh, spot on, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's All fine. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will give you. I'll give you ninety points out of a hundred, there, yeah. Peter. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was, that was very kind. I, did you I say it was, I, did I, I wouldn't normally complain, but I mean, well, I'm literally saying Jack L. Drawker's change wins. <laughs> it's like, come on. Did you did you guess D and D fifth edition or not? I can't remember. I I I, I was going to, but I said original. Oh, system. you're correct. Then it is an original system. Damn it. Woo-hoo. All right, a hundred points. Hundred points. Hundred points. <laughs> Apparently you got it right. Apparently you got it right, and I just wasn't listening to you properly. Uh, I mean, it's clearly it's Chinese New Year, Xin Yin Kuala, uh, Year of the Ox is in effect, so that, that's that's what I'm putting it down to. I see. Okay. All right then. So, Theo, are you ready yeah. for a try? Yeah, I'm ready. I, like, yeah. I, I quite like the look of this one. So, this one yeah. is called Mage to Order. That's Mage as an M A G E to Order. Ooh. Ooh, uh, what could that be? I mean, it's obviously a, a fantasy uh, fantasy setting, right? And it's uh, kind of Ars Magica, Magica meets, uh, uh, what could it be? Mm, mm, some more homebrew uh, magic stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say 5e. I would say more of an indie, indie game. Uh, you play a mage, you're roaming the land. Pretty classic uh, fantasy, I would say. That's my okay. guess. So, it is fantasy. I think the mage, uh, <laughs> mage word kind of gives that away. This is, this is an interesting take on it. So, you are a magical utility worker. Uh-huh. And your job is oh. to keep the magic flowing in the city. So, Ooh. when something magical breaks, you're called in to fix it. Oh, that's awesome. So Sounds basically, like a board game more than an RPG. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's this kind of sprawling, technomantic, techno-magical mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like a maintenance worker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> it, does, it does sound fun. It's kind of like a sort of yeah. tongue-in-cheek kind Tip of. Tip ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you 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 wander around. You have to like repair artifacts, and you have mm-hmm. to refresh uh, warding spells and stuff. That mm-hmm. and you know. Okay. So like, how many yeah. points did I get? Oh. Two, two oh. or not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll give you I'll one give point for guessing that it's fantasy because yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably about it, unfortunately. And it's homebrew, right? It's not it is homebrew. Yeah, there's yeah. another point. Yeah. Two points. Yeah. It's, hey. uh, it's an original system. Yeah, it's yeah, a two D six streamlined, easy to learn system. Apparently, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does actually look really good fun. That that does sound quite good. Where, when's that Kickstarter end? That Kickstarter ends on Thursday, February the eighteenth. Which is and next have week. Have clicked away from it yet? Yeah, we've got about a week to go. Yeah, and have you clicked away? Because I need to ask you how much it costs. I have clicked away. But I have to, but, but, but I have to wait for him to click away from it, Theo, <laughs> uh-huh. before I can ask him how much it costs. But, so I, knew, but I knew you'd uh-huh. ask that, and the answer is $15. <laughs> oh, okay, that's pretty good. Well, that's the PDF, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> right then, Ooh. Peter, are you ready for one? 
Yeah, no, I'm pretty okay. This one is called, I love the uh, company here, Angry Hamster Publishing. <laughs> this, game, this game is called City of Flesh. Ooh. Oh, wow, that's awesome. City of Flesh, Angry Hamster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, this is, this, is, this is a good episode, this one. Um, I'm, loving the, I'm loving the vibes. Oh, I still can't get City over Mage Towards. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back that one. I have to. I love no, that. That's going to be an exp- It's an expensive day for me, I can tell. <laughs> uh, oh wow City of Flesh City of Flesh hmm well this I feel is like quite a dark themed one um, I mean I suppose one could say City of Flesh and it's some sort of um, supplement which focus is exclusively on things like vice prostitution um, that sort of thing but I am hoping that what I'm actually going to get is a, oh, I wonder, I wonder. Is it a, is it a source book? No, I don't know. That's pretty soon, actually. So I'm thinking about that, um, that recent game that came out where it's like, it's a fantasy world where no, there is no metal. And that seems like it would be, a, no, I think that's just too recent, really. No, sorry, I'm just all over Peter, you have to make One a guess. <laughs> Well, in many ways, City of Flesh is a wonderful name because it's obviously massively evocative for me because I've come up with at least three things that it could be. You have to guess one. But maybe, I, I know, and the one I'm going to guess is probably my original guess because that was, that was the one that went first. And I think this is a horror setting um, and it's a whole city which is um, made of flesh in the best Harlan Ellison, I have no mouth but I'm a scream, sort of like, you know, Mega world where it's like everything is like basically made of a, a horrible flesh and you're like trapped inside this terrifying city with its various, um, booze things. I think it's probably not fifth edition and it's maybe some sort of OSR style game. So BX rule set or something. Okay. So yeah, horror, horror fantasy. Um, and like mostly a setting. Okay. Well, I've got to say that your idea of a city literally made of flesh is disgusting. And it's not oh, right. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> So this is a it's a tarot-based role-playing game. Oh, and you play okay. one of the midwives, a person imbued with primordial energy, tasked with staving off the end of the world as you know it. <laughs> so together okay. with your fellow players and GM, you create the city of Nagara and its unique uh-huh. locations using a tarot deck. And the game right. takes inspiration from grim dark fantasy, combining it with a feminine aesthetic to create an immersive, gore-spattered role-playing experience where you delve into the dreams of a sleeping colossus. Wow. I, I mean, that does sound pretty interesting. Yes. I, 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 it's, it's got fantasy and horror, so that is a thing. But wow, okay. Did not see the midwives and you play it using a tarot deck. That That is... I got to say something that did not occur. That's high concept, but yeah, it's fascinating. Now you're yeah. a minus, Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really haven't played this game before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You didn't get anything right there, did you, Peter? I, I, I feel it was a fantasy horror. Yeah. Okay. One point for that. You're now on 101 <laughs> points. Yeah. Which means I'll do well today with the final. <laughs> Final one. So Theo's turn. Um, yeah. How many points are you on, Theo? Was it uh, two? 
Two. So you only you only need to score ninety nine points. I need points. to nail it. Yeah. Okay. Ninety nine points. Uh, okay. It's probably not James Bond. No. Okay. I'll okay. reset my mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really wish there was a James Bond one there now. Yeah. Oh, that would be. Oh, yeah. yeah but then I love that game. I love it. that. Uh, <laughs> RP. Yeah. Yeah, I've got anyway. that one upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are, are you ready, Theo? Yeah. The, the Seeker's Guide to Twisted Taverns. The Ooh. Secret Guide. Seekers. S-E-E-K-E-R-S. Okay, okay, okay. Why can't I have Ooh. the City of Flesh names? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Seeker's Guide to... to uh, hmm. It, it sounds more like a supplement for something, right? Like a, a supplement for, or, uh, you know, a 5E... Five, five uh, where you get the, you know, it, but it, it's a game, right? So it's not, mm. it's not okay. Hmm. Oh no, it could be a supplement. It just, it's going to be it's RPG be related. Is the only, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. But then I definitely say it's a supplement to a five E, uh, you know, like strongholds and then whatever it was, fellow fellow followers, right? I mean, think mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a hefty book, you know, filled with a lot of different maps and and uh, and uh, you know uh, NPCs for different uh, mm. taverns. In uh, probably yeah, in, in Forgotten Rearms or something, that kind of setting ish. Wow! Did I, I get you, the ninety nine? I think you just got the ninety nine. In fact, hey! you got a hundred because that was exactly what it is. Oh really? I mean, wow! Really okay. exactly what it is. It is a fifth edition supplement, just filled with um, fantastical pre-made taverns with mm. NPCs and story hooks and maps and stuff. So you got it cool. properly. I named also, it 102 for me. Also, this Peter. is astonishing. Yeah, yeah. This thing is Good done. Game. Well, this, well, this thing well is done. Victory. Well Nearly seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and it still has three weeks to go. What? <laughs> this wow, thing is okay. massive. This is Crazy. even bigger than the One Ring. I didn't even know what yeah. was going yeah. on. I've just seen it for the first time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is a people, people do need taverns, right? And yeah. Postals. Yeah. Well, this one's clearly going to do a million dollars. Yeah, is wow. wow. It's massive. I, I mean, say what you like. February 2021 is a good time to do a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous looking book as well. I mean, it's got a lot of add ons and stuff as well. So there's, there's mugs and dice bags, and I'm looking at this cards and beer mats, and you know loads of stuff you get with it. Wow! Yeah. I, I can only assume that everyone's gone through Christmas, gone through January. It's been cold. It's been miserable. They're like, yeah. oh, I've got nothing to spend my money on. Yeah. They're like, yes, back all the things. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It looks <laughs> Take gorgeous. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That is it's brilliant. Wow. Well, congratulations yeah. to them. Uh, and uh, yeah. congratulations to Theo, who I think beat yeah. Peter by one point. Yes. No, which means, very, Theo, very well played. Very well I'm played. happy to yeah. declare you the winner in this week's favourite game in all the world. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Very, very in honour. <laughs> I'm bored of playing Barrows and Barrows. It's the same old, same old every week. Same old, same old. What are you talking about? Well, every week we go into a barrow and we fight a barrow. Well, yeah, it's in the name of the game. I mean, the clue's right there in the title. Uh, but you're taking it far too literally. Just because the game is called Barrows and Barrels doesn't mean that every game has to feature a barrel in a barrow. But then it wouldn't be Barrows and Barrows. I mean, you wouldn't play Space Fight and expect there to be no Space Fights, would you? 
Well, no, but that's a much broader concept. Well, you wouldn't play Cyberland 2144 and not expect it to be set in Cyberland in the year 2144. Look, that's not what I meant. Then what did you mean? I simply meant that Barrows and Barrows lend itself to a much wider variety of play than simply meeting Barrows and Barrows. I think you're just not getting into the spirit of the game. The spirit of the game? Look, the B&B Menagerie contains over 400 different monsters. So? Yeah, in a year of play, the only thing we've met is a bloody bear owl. Now, to be fair, lots of different bear owls. You know what I mean. How about we meet, I don't know, a dragon in a dungeon rather than a bear owl in a barrow? Well, it's not really as iconic, is it? Dragons? Not as iconic as bear owls? Are you kidding? Well, it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. It lacks the pizzazz. Lacks the pizzazz. It's a flipping dragon. There's no monster so iconic and brimming with pizzazz as a blooming dragon. Well, except for a bear owl. My friend, you severely overestimate the cultural impact of the bear owl. It's the single most famous monster in the world. I assure you, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. It's not. Is. Isn't. And you think this dragon creature of yours is more well-known? What balderdash? Dragons are found in every mythology and folklore in the world. They feature in literature like The Hobbit, Beowulf and the Epic of Gilgamesh. They're represented in cultures on every continent. Well, I've never heard of them. You've never heard of dragons? Giant, winged, scaly beasts sitting on mounds of treasure? Look, dragons in dungeons doesn't even make any sense. How does it even get in there? Who would choose to live in a dungeon rather than a nice, cosy barrow? Well, a dragon would, I suppose. Look, you signed up for Barrows and Bear Owls, so you're getting Barrows and Bear Owls. Unless... Unless what? I've got this brand new game we could try. Phew, I'm in. What's it called? It's an Australian game. You're going to love it. Welcome to Dunnies and Dingoes. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow, that's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. I did a uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, You probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. So, Treadvan Chronicles. So, mm. you kickstarted that originally back in, what was it? 2015, 2016, something like that? Uh, 16, yeah. 16, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
last year or the year before you kickstarted a uh, fifth edition, yeah, D and D fifth edition conversion of it. Um, can you just talk a little bit about? It's kind of like a, a, a Nordic themed setting, um, kind of dark. Could you sort of like talk a bit yep. about the themes of the setting and uh, you know how it differs from the sort of traditional fantasy that yeah. a lot of the listeners are probably used to? Sure, it um, sort of feels yeah. like Troll Hunter yeah. in my head. I don't yeah. know if you've seen that. Like, yeah. 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 But I, I really love that film. Like yeah. a best documentary. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean, so here in the Nordics, we have a very strong tradition of, uh, you know, fantasy, but but not, I mean, not the kind of the the, the Greek medieval, you know, uh, uh, oriental or oriental kind of touch to it, but more the the, the dark, the forests, the trolls. You know, the, it's a lot of. Mm. Uh, uh, myths and stories around that. So, and and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know this uh, famous artist, John Bauer. So he kind of set the scene for uh, a lot of you know Swedish folklore, right? So, mm. so this artist is you know in every home basically there is a John Bauer painting or poster or or a book, right? Because he's a yeah. super super. I think he, yeah. So so it it all started there basically to say, hey, how, how can we? How can we differentiate ourselves against more the the glossy fantasy, so to say? How can we pick up, mm. you know, what we know and what we have li- lived and breathed since we were small, and how can we put that into into something? And then and then we started to combine it with more, uh, you know, Celtic and Teutonic kind of uh, stories like like Beowulf saga and you know the mm. Walish myths and, and Kelto stuff. So. So and then we, you know, then we brewed it with with some Paul Bonner artwork and some Alvaro Tapia artwork, mm. and then you know suddenly we 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 felt that we had something that was not on the market basically, and then we started mm. to to build on that. But the yeah. the, the, the tone is dark, right? And the, it's more, mm. it's not mature, but it's more mature than much other stuff out there. And it's not so much about bashing monsters in 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 dungeons, but more you know exploring storytelling, you know that kind of thing. Mm. So the exploration of the outdoors seems like it would be a really yeah. important part of it. Yeah, mm. that that yeah. combined with the more you know the the you know the depth of stories and the depth of characters in the game and the depth of places, you know, descriptions and you know how did people end up there? That kind of meaty things. That that that's kind of you know what differentiates us. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah, it's got sort of like a focus more on maybe the tragedy yeah. rather than the uh, power. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So it's mm. more uh, mm. Wagner's uh, Nibelungen's mm. ring, right, than than maybe something mm. else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people probably, if you just say to them Scandinavian mythology, mm. they mm. immediately just go to you Back know Thor and Thor, Odin and yeah. you know, Loki, and, and they just they immediately straight to that. Yeah. But obviously, what what you're doing, well, it, well there are influence of that in mm. there. You're you're you've got a much broader canvas going on there. Yeah. Mm. Um, can you, you know, sort of maybe talk about some of the different influences that you've got going on there? Yeah, I mean, usually when you think about Nordics, as you say, you're thinking Vikings and, and horn and helmets mm. and stuff like that. And we, we try yeah, to avoid yeah. that as much as we can, right? And and mm. but, but at the same time, that's part of the of the stories and the Icelandic uh, sagas. Basically, I don't know if you have, if mm. you read them. There are thirteen bands or something, and then, and 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 that is kind of where we pick up the stories. But but if it's one story that we think. Uh, would represent the whole game. It is Beowulf, and Beowulf is uh, yeah. a, a kind of mix of a D- Danish, Nordic, and and Walish, I think, or or Old English mm. tale. Yeah, so I, mm. I think it's uh, 
it's uh, th- that that uh, that story also inspired the Tolkien, and that story inspired a lot of other uh, fantasy games as well, but maybe with with another touch to it. And then then also we look more in, into Slavic uh, culture and Slavic stories as well. So there because there are some really nice uh, you know Russian stories and also some some Finnish mm. uh, stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, the Finnish epos Kalevala, which is uh, you know like like the poetic mm-hmm. yeah, they say it's a it's it's yeah. a, co- a com- combination of, of of a lot of stories right from from mm. uh, you know a fictive Finnish uh, kind of myth. So we we pick yeah. up from that oh. as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just sort of like glancing through, and like the, I mean, we we spoke about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, um, but just like the production qualities and the art, and um, it's, it's something that um, I've noticed that like the Swedish companies is a is a trend that they tend to share, and this is definitely no exception. Is that the art quality and the production quality? It's very, very, very lush and art focused and gorgeous looking. I mean, is that a deliberate? You know. Uh, a deliberate thing or is it just something that's just organically grown out of I I can't speak for the others but I can say that when because we uh, one thing I do know is that we kind of the right mind set the trend for it and then I think a lot of other uh, they started to do it as well I mean Free League is obviously they they have been good also but but from the very beginning to be honest I don't think that they had the same quality of of artwork we did but now almost every every RPG publisher in, in in the Nordics have that, and uh, mm. you know, for for us, it's it's been more important to put out something on the market that we can really, you know, really get inspired by than than earning a lot of money. Which means that we need to plunge in more into production than than, yeah. than maybe other companies do, and and that, but that that has been a kind of the the, the secret sauce for us, right? And 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 mm. and, and also a way for us to reach a, a global market because otherwise, mm. I don't think we would have done that. Yeah, yeah. I, I find the artwork really evocative. Yeah, I mean, although it does seem very, very forest focused, mm. and it's like it always seems like it's night time and it's snowing. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, that's sort of how yeah. it feels. It's no, like, but that, that, that's true. And if you look at the John Bauer paintings, then you see <laughs> have, the, the forest. If you're not, if you're not been to uh, Iceland, <laughs> exactly. That's what it is, right? That's what it is. Uh, no, Iceland's quite pleasant. I hear Greenland. That's, that's yeah, where you want to yeah, go for the real. Yeah. I saw no, one, one, one idea that we had from the very start was to try to avoid dungeons in favor of forests, right? To mm. say, okay, let's look at the forest as a dungeon. What can happen in a forest that can happen in a dungeon? So, from you know, once you once you start that idea, you you start thinking, you know, okay, the, instead of a dungeon, you have a forest. Instead of a dungeon, you have a mountain. Instead of a dungeon, you have the step. And so we started to yeah. kind of circulate stories around or build stories around places in nature rather than a dungeon. So that is why mm. you see a lot of forest. Yeah. So would you say the stories that you tell um, in Trodbang are different to the ones that you would tell in, say, like D&D? It generally sort of like uh, ends up being killing a monster, taking its stuff. Yeah. Or defeating the necromancer who's trying to take over the world. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that sort of story. Um, is, you know, the stories that you'd actually tell in Tridvang, like, do they differ to, to those? Yeah, I would say it differs a lot. So, so if you like, you know, bashing monsters and, 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 uh, you know, defeat that orc or mage, then, then you would not mm. find Tridvang so fun because it's more, 
it's more you know the epic stories not you know to 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 be part of something big going on and 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 maybe in best case you can influence part of that like the Ragnarök right mm. yeah, I mean it's uh, if Ragnarök is happening and you have some heroes there maybe they can do something about it but but they cannot stop it itself right so it's, it's going to happen yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, but obviously we I mean we we do have uh, campaigns and, and adventures that are more centered you know as you say but even 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 then we try to really carve out a good story for each and and um, um uh, for each uh, NPC or for each kind of uh, location, and we try to give it a history, and so mm. more than I would say more traditional fantasy games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So converting it to fifth edition, which was yeah. uh, well, you said it was two years yeah. ago, wasn't it? You did the did the Kickstarter. Um. I just want to quickly mention. Do you? I don't know if you recall this, but um. On EN World, when there was, was it 2017, I want to say, maybe 2018, there was the most anticipated RPGs yep. of the coming year. Yep. Um, I think it was 2017, the Treadvang Chronicles 1 at the number one place as the most anticipated RPG yep. of the coming year. That was kind of un- unexpected for us. <laughs> well, well, I've noticed that this, that happens quite a lot. The Swedish companies do score very highly yep. in those polls. Mm. And um, I think, you know, partly that's got to be lent towards because you have quite, quite um, solid fan bases who really, really love your stuff mm. and really appreciate the sort of care and the attention you put into them. Yeah. And, um, you know, they always look forward to what's coming next. Mm. No, but I think one one of the reasons why we ended up on top of that list was that I mean, remember we we started Trudvang in the year two thousand, right? So we mm. and 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 people even even and 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 then we only did it in Swedish, but all the artwork and all you know some of the stories hit the web all those years. So people yeah. you know not playing the game, they they saw the artwork and they saw the the books and the Bonner or you know covers, and so I think from you know people really waited for that to 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 be translated into English. So maybe yeah. that is one of the reasons we, we kind of penetrated the market much earlier. <laughs> well, well, that year, I'm just looking at the chart mm. for that year. So the top three yeah. were Swedish companies. Yeah. So mm. there was you at number one with Tried Fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, we had Tales from the Loop yeah. from Free League. Yeah. And then number three, Cult Divinity Lost. Yeah. And that was from, mm. who was that from? Helmgast, I think, right? Helmgast, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And that, oh, that's a, that's a gorgeous yeah. uh, gorgeous art in that one mm. too. I mean, yeah. uh, and then number four, you get into Star Trek Adventures yeah. from Modifius yeah. and um, uh, uh, Conan mm. and, and things like that and Starfinder. But yeah, like... Um, the Swedish companies, the top three mm. places mm. in that in that entire chart. Yeah, that's that's impressive, and and I think Tales from the Loop that that really came from nowhere, right? And and kind of blasted everyone, mm. and and I, yeah. I you know fabulous stuff from Stolhage, and you know he, he really yeah. carved out that property long before it it came in the hands of of, of a publisher, right? So yeah, that was really nice, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, that's another thing that's very, very well known for his mm. art, isn't it? Because uh, it's based on an art oh, book. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 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 So, fifth edition versus, um, versus the original system that you used for Treadbank Chronicles, um, is obviously going to be quite, a, mm. quite a step away from, from, yeah. from the sort of mechanics you, you started yeah. with. I mean, I assume there must be some challenges in adapting fifth edition to tell a different type of story. Yeah, yeah. Is that, no, is, that, is that, that fair to say? That, yeah, no, but that, that, that's that's very true. And and we, 
you know, we, we, we were th- thinking about it twice, I would say, before yeah. doing that, because it's not that easy to kind of just, uh, the, you know, translate that into the 5e uh, system. Mm. But, but I think, we, you know, we, we had an extremely good and dedicated team who loves, you know, f- fifth edition, uh, but also loves Trudvang. And, and they had a very clear idea of how to do this you know what mechanics mm. do we need to be lean for example we only have uh, 10 levels right we have we implemented some kind of fatigue uh, system into it so so i think we we managed to uh, i mean we 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 have released uh, part of the rules already to the community and and get got the mm. feedback and 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 you know they are really hailing it and saying okay you 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 made it <laughs> we didn't think yeah. you would you, you would be able to do it but but we we think you did so but 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 let's nice. see i mean it, it's not without that dedicated team uh, i don't think we we would have been able to 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 translate it but i think the, mm. we, we we have something there definitely yeah i mean the kickstarter did very well yeah. you got yeah, two, t- nearly two and a half thousand backers yeah. on that one. Yeah. So it did it did incredibly well. Nice. I mean, what what sort of things about um, D and D did you kind of find that you had to actually jettison in order to get get Treadbank to work? Uh, I, I think uh, obviously the, the the high level. I mean, Treadbank is not a high mm. level play. I mean, if you go beyond ten, yeah. it, it's really not that kind mm. of uh, kind of game anymore. <laughs> if you want to to do that yeah. nitty gritty yeah. stuff, so. yeah, because D and D kind of becomes superheroes yeah, exactly, at that stage, exactly. doesn't it? And yeah. you can never die, and you know the long rest and short rest and all that. But so so that was one thing, and the other thing I would say. Uh, is is maybe more the the tone of it, you know, the tone of the of the spells and the and the the, the you know the the things we put in the, the small things we put into the game and and obviously mm-hmm. the the, fa- the whole fatigue uh, you know that you get the more damage you get the more difficult you, it would be for you to to actually take actions etc. So uh, I yeah. think yeah th- th- those are the things that we were looking at and and trying to keep it you know uh, on on a, on a lower level so to say. Mm. Yeah. And were there any bits that you found actually made your life easier? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, so the demand for from from the five E community was quite strong. You know, why didn't you Ooh. do this in in four five G instead of Trudvan Chronicles? Because we mm. we we love the world, but we we think your your Trudvan Chronicles rules suck. So so Ooh. so from that perspective, <laughs> no. I mean, if you've been playing D anD D for for twenty years, you you love that, right? Oh, but right. but uh, okay, yeah. so from that perspective, I think what what really made it easier for us is not to think too much about the rules and the mechanics but just to, mm. to 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 be honest to do what we are really good at i think carving out the world mm. and the settings and the characters and the stories mm. And, mm. and and we are not super passionate about the you know game mechanics even though yeah. i think i think that we eventually after many iterations managed to to find a good system in, in true chronicles mm. but that mm. is much more complicated than than 5e much more complicated mm. so that mm. made it okay. quite easier for us to to kind of put out something where we can, you know, if you want to play with easier rules or easier to get into, so to say, then you can use the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you were sort of able to keep the bits that you were really passionate about, the lore, yeah. the mythos, yeah. like all the sort of the atmosphere that you really yeah. wanted. Yeah. Um, but sometimes like to properly implement the atmosphere, you needed a much more complicated rule set than 5th edition. Is that right? Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I mean, we we may very well end up where we see that you know the the five E version works so good, and 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 we and we can get all the things and bits and pieces we we you know we want, you know, and you know then we yeah. need to take another decision. But right now yeah. we stick to two two lines. So how how far into the five E version are you now? So we 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 are just about to print. Uh, so we have yeah. released uh, the first PDF for the for the community as a review, and then the next next mm. week I think. So so backers should should get uh, you know the the full package before the summer. Yeah. And and then today actually we we released the first uh, world setting installments on Kickstarter, which is the elves. And that we did in, in a combination. Mm. So we, we took uh, Trudevang Chronicles and Trudevang Adventures 5e in the same mm. Kickstarter. So they can, yeah, they can pick and choose there. Yeah. So we kind of touched on it a couple of times. The, you can tell different types of stories with uh, Trudevang to sort of like the standard fantasy people are used to. Can you sort of, I don't know, maybe give an example of, uh, of a story that you might not expect to see mm. in D&D that is kind of pretty typical or common to, to your world? Yeah. yeah, oh, that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> I mean, one one of the most popular stories we have is the one do- one of Wildheart, which is an yeah. enchanted forest, mm-hmm. right? So once you enter there, you you can never leave, and you need to find a lot of uh, mm-hmm. clues to to kind of get out of there. But the the, mm-hmm. the whole concept there is that you cannot do it by fighting, because if you mm-hmm. spill blood in the in the in the soil you awaken yeah. a, a race which is called the dark dwellers so you really need to avoid mm-hmm. fighting and and instead doing a lot of uh, you know uh, how do you say p- puzzling or p- puzzles uh, you know understand oh, yeah. the puzzles you, so, you solve the puzzles you yeah, solve yeah. the puzzles yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that is uh, i mean and, and and the whole atmosphere there that you encounter a lot of different creatures in the forest which you in another fantasy game you would expect you to 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 uh, to, to kill them or to fight with them right yeah. <laughs> if it has hit points you can kill it yeah. but here you expect to kind of negotiate with them instead and and and, and the yeah. way of doing that that's the only way actually to to get out of the forest so that is one yeah. one of the things that we released pretty early which has been you know hailed and and you know the the, the community really likes it i, w- I would say Mm. It's, it's interesting that because if you take the emphasis off kidding things you definitely change basically the, the fundamental nature of D&D because let's yeah. face it D&D yeah. exactly. it's most you know you, you get XP for kidding yeah. things mainly yeah. exactly. in D&D yeah. so do you do you sort of have to sort of tweak the uh, experience charts or the way you gain XP or anything like that or do you just go with milestone leveling or how do you, no, how do we, you we have that? experience now I mean obviously so we, we, we still uh, we're still t- twisting and bending a bit uh, for, for, for the final version but 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 we yeah. will have experience and, and, and experience charts and, and, and we think you know we uh, you know if we use the, our thinking here is that if we use the five e system then we should use the, the the benefits of it as well right then we shouldn't mm. modify it too much because then we can do our own <laughs> anyway so we we try yeah. to stick as close as we can and use all the good things you know that, that that people or players like in that system but but rather trying to tweak it a bit so it it, it you, you you don't become too powerful or it's not too uh, too high fantasy so to say yeah, yeah, yeah. I always kind of liken sort of um, traditional sort of D&D, well, at least modern sort of D&D mm-hmm. stuff, as to be more sort of uh, American Ren Fair, if that makes sense. 
It's quite colourful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bad, it's a bad word, but it's quite colourful and there's fireballs and, yeah. and, you know, and, yeah. um, shining armor yeah. and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And there's a lot of spectacle going on. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, 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 that part, that's funny that you mentioned that because that is the part we, we, you know, we don't want Trudvang to be, right? We don't want mm. this, uh, colourful, glossy fireballs. And, and, and we don't want, I mean, one of the things that we said from the very beginning, uh, even if we're doing a 5e version, is that we don't want it to be a mix of Egyptian, Greek, uh, you know, medieval, uh, Walish, Chinese mythology. We want mm. it to be Celtic, Nordic, you know, maybe some S- Slavic uh, flavor to it, and, and that that we want to stick to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's what's the Kickstarter you've got? You've, you're launching a Kickstarter now. Yeah, uh, two, three hours, two uh, so hours got a ago. New one. Yeah. Uh, so, what's what's this one? What's tell us about the current uh, Kickstarter? It's it's the book about the elves. Yeah. So it's the fir- actually it's the first time. It's called the Seed of uh, Vanirs, uh, and it's the first time uh, actually in both Swedish and uh, Trudvang Chronicles, and obviously Ooh. then for Trudvang Adventure, we release uh, a book of elves. So th- so this is the first uh, so installment for for that franchise. Yeah. yeah. Is it, was it, yeah, it's for both systems, yes. Is it, was that one book for each system or the book is yeah. dual stacked? No, one one book for each oh, system. Cool. So you go in because what, what we saw that some, I mean, obviously, and we can see that in the Kickstarter now, that some some want both systems and they play both systems mm. and some only want one of them. So so we didn't really want to mess it up with, with uh, one book and trying to kind of have everything in in one book yeah, because we, yeah. we it's better you separate it at least we think so okay so so how does how does a trudvang elf differ to to a say a forgotten realms elf what's the Ooh. what's the key differences ah. yeah i mean that that's uh <laughs> that's for the fans to find out but <laughs> but, but uh, i i would say i mean we obviously we have a lot of elves in the in the core rules uh, as well but I, I would say they are they are less uh, you know the 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 beauty Lord of the Rings uh, kind of elves with uh, you know almost I- I- immortal uh, kind of lore, right? Mm-hmm. So here they are more mm. more down to earth, more wild, uh, more kind of uh, uh, angry, more uh, protective. You know, f- from how should I say from 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 the people, and maybe not so much about the lore mm. itself. So mm. it, it's more down to earth. And and we have also split them up uh, in in different fractions. So, and and and, and one thing that we think is one thing that we have uh, kind of built everything on is that uh, uh, you know in, in the past the gods left them right, mm-hmm. and, and and they they came yeah. to Trudvang together with the gods, and then at one point the gods left them, and for that they have been extremely angry of the gods because they are now tied to the to Trudvang, right? Yeah. And and mm. and that kind of that also means that that they see time as an enemy. So because every time, mm. every day, every 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 second, every every day, every month is a way is a you know uh, a month away from the gods. Right. So right. they kind of see the time mm. as an enemy. So we work that kind of much into the into the lore of the elves as well. Mm. And is it sort of like dwarves and things like that? Is that similar that they they they're a different approach to the ones that you would normally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so we dwarves we have picked up uh, more from the Nordic, uh, you know, where where dwarves originally were were maggots, <laughs> and you know, so 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 we kind of we have a different story to them. So we we don't have. Uh, I mean, in Nordic mythology, the dwarves were kind of what uh, were were the breed of of kind of very beautiful uh, fairies, mm. right? So that is kind of what we so there are no female dwarves as such the the female dwarves are fairies living in the deep so we we have a different kind of uh, 
uh, and, and then then I would say that Alvaro Tapia, the artist there, he, I mean, if you look at the the, the illustration and the art of the dwarves, it's mm. it's very unique. I, I haven't seen anything you know close to it in any other fantasy game yeah, to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it, at it right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just looking at um, a piece that this, this is gorgeous, gorgeous piece of art. This is from the um, original 5e Kickstarter, I think. Um, and there's this enormous dragon head, dragon yeah. with his mouth wide open and uh, not just sort of like eight or ten figures of spears in front of him. It's an absolutely yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely piece yeah. of art. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's Alvaro Tapian, and I, I mean he's uh, he's a one of a kind. Actually, uh, he, he he's doing the uh, the One Ring stuff now as well, together with with another guy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the One Ring stuff looks gorgeous too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The One Ring, yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. So so the, the, the current Kickstarter as, as, as for the uh, Elf book, how's it going? You only just launched it, so uh, I, we I, just I, I haven't actually it. had a chance to look at it myself. No, yet, so no I haven't looked since we started talking. either, so I actually don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, no, we, we, we were funded in less than an hour. It's an add-on, you could say. It's a, it's a you know, uh, setting book. You know, we, we obviously have an ambition to you know, reach uh, 100k. Uh, pretty fast uh, that's usually what we do uh, you know ab- above that we we, we kind of um, uh, you know we, we sell as much uh, offline uh, the, or off the kickstarter than we do in the kickstarter mm. so i mean that that's that's a way for us mm. to fund it and then you know to to serve the community with some exclusive stuff mm. but uh, yeah but again it, it's uh it's an add-on. It's a yeah. it's a setting book. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled it up now. So um, obviously, I'm seeing it in pounds. Um, so uh, it's thirty-one point six thousand pounds at the moment. Yeah, with four hundred and thirty-four yeah. backers. You got twenty days to yeah. go. So it's only a three-week Kickstarter. This one. Yeah, we we mm. try to keep them short because we've seen that you know everything happens in the first two days and the last two yeah, days, and, 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 and in, in between there is nothing. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing much the same thing with mine at the moment. I'm doing two mm. week starters, and I'm not yeah. noticing a massive, massive difference between that and a and a longer one. Yeah, just that big. Yeah. I mean, dip you, in you, the middle. Uh, we we also have a extremely strong community and very dedicated, you know, people that are helping us. And 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 you know, when they do Kickstarter, which are too long, they also expect us to kind of be there and and nurture them. And 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 that that, that you know, it's it's really. More work than it's worth, yeah. so to say. Yeah. I'm just looking at to see which one, which one's got more pledges, the fifth edition one or the. So you've got 19 backers on the fifteenth of uh, the fifth edition one. I'm not sure I'm looking at the right things here. Hang on a sec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, you've got an awful lot of rewards on here. I can't work it out. So <laughs> no, so, so we have we have both. You can you can uh, you can pledge separately, right? Yeah. And then you can combine them as well. And then you can have different packages on the combination. Yeah. So maybe it's a bit uh, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to tell at first. But, but when when I checked the first hours, I think it was fifty fifty between uh, right, yeah. the the fifth fifth edition and the True Dwayne Chronicles. How, how does that compare, like with the core rule books? Is that is it similar as well, sort of fifty fifty or? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we didn't really reach the same numbers on the Kickstarter for 5e, but on on the other hand, uh, I mean, I, I think we, if we would have put out 5G, 5G, uh, 5e before uh, Children Chronicles, I think that would have been a, a, a bigger one. Right, actually. yeah. So you just think people yeah. didn't want to buy it twice, basically, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is, are the two books pretty much the same apart from the system, like a lot of the... Yeah, 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 it's it's the same. It's only the rules and you know the the mechanics yeah. that are different. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if you had to sort of like pick your your, your favourite thing about the setting, the thing that you know, so yeah. someone said, right, really sell me on the setting. What's your favourite <laughs> thing? What's the thing that's going to grab me? What what would that be? Uh, the artwork. The artwork, yeah. yeah. Because the artwork, uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, an image says more than a thousand words. Mm. So you, you can look at three pictures or three illustrations or, or one Bonner cover and then you get the thousand ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, I think that's important to say that, that we have worked a lot to get the right tone into those uh, illustration and artwork, mm. right? So it, it's not... I mean, I'm, I'm working closely with with Paul Bonner on a daily basis, basically. Oh, you should have this one and li- this little gadget, mm. or not that knife, another knife, yeah. or you know, yeah. Tapia's yeah. art as well. So, but but I would say the the artwork is is really you know stunning, yeah. and and that gives you a lot of the setting. Yeah, how many? Yeah, you work really closely with the artists. Yes. To make sure yes. the vision is so, really. So how, yes. how many artists yeah. do you tend to have working? Because because a cohesive art style is always really important to, uh, to yeah. do a setting with. Yeah, exactly. We we try to keep it uh, slim. So right now, I'd say we work with five or six yeah. maybe, but we have only. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul Bonner is our cover artist uh, for most of mm-hmm. the stuff. We we, we have uh, one guy, um, Daniel Schrom. I don't know if you know him. He's doing a lot of magic stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. been doing one cover for us. But but that's other than that, so Paul Bonner. And then we work with Justin Gerard and Alvaro Tapia for the interior art, mostly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they always say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but it's really, really hard not to, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I then agree. When you Paul put, uh, when you put our books with art like this and covers like this, yeah. it's really hard yeah. not to take that book down off yeah. the shelf and take yeah. a look. I, I, I totally agree. And, and when you mm. open it... Well, that's yeah. the book I'd pick up first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you open it, the inside. Yeah. Real visual. Clear. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So when you, when you sort of... Develop the art for uh, for but I suppose it's like because because you've been you've had the setting for quite a long time the kind of like the style and the visual style is kind of set mm. but you had to come up with that in the first place yeah I mean what's the did you have an idea in your head already what that was going to look like or did the artists come up with that and you went yeah that's right that's what we want no m- most of the time I I because I am the one uh, who has been writing most of the stuff yeah. my, my, my co-driver Magnus has been writing some and then we had some freelancers as well Steven Savili is, is on now for the for the books so for the album books but but uh, most of the time I, I, I've been writing a story or I've been you know having thinking about a, a scene that I want to be you know, put in and put in, in in art. Mm. So it, it usually starts there. That I'm writing something or having an idea, and then I kind of bounce that with the with the artist or or, or Paul. Uh, you know, to to get that into the in, into a painting or an illustration. Yeah, but I mean, sort of like go back. It, it's to... kind of rare. It's kind of rare that the artist, or I wouldn't say it never happens that artists say, "Hey, I got this idea. Yeah, <laughs> can I do this?" So I was thinking, we'll sort of go back to when you very first conceptualized the setting, and like the yeah. very very first pieces of art that you. Uh, yeah. That you were commissioning. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the very so the inspiration we took from the very first art was actually or uh, it's it's a funny story because when uh, I don't know if you know Mutant Chronicles that old yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah old game Ooh. right I mean I, and Paul Bonner did a lot of art artwork for that and I always loved that that yeah. game and I played it a lot yeah. so I obviously like Paul Paul Bonner's art as well but then I 
I'm I'm a big fan, as I said, of John Bauer and the Swedish, uh, you know, artist, right? And 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 I said mm. I I I went, I flew down to Paul in 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 Copenhagen and say, hey, Paul, can you do something like this, you know, but with your style? And then he said, oh, you should see my private collection of stuff I done all, only for myself. And then he opened up, Ooh. you know, a whole uh, a whole lot of. Uh, uh, a drawer showing you know 10 or 15 Ooh, paintings yeah. so, you know this is this is what i've done and that that was you know that was basically our first cover yeah. so i said can i have this but with some trolls and this guy from the kalabala epos with this hat and this mm. guy and that was the very first cover actually mm. so we, we put together yeah. so is there ever like an element of the art leading the product or the product or the words leading the art like sometimes you know is 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 is, is the style of art and the art that the artists are coming up with, do they ever inspire you onwards into what you're actually writing? Are you asking, like, does the artist ever do something so cool that you're like, <laughs> yeah. I have to write something for this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, e- e- even if – usually I have an idea. You know, I want, uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know – uh, a barrel right right or i want a uh, troll or yeah. I, I want him to do like this and then paul or alvaro or someone else you know oh you mean like this and then i oh that's super good and then i obviously it, it spins even further but it's kind of rare mm-hmm. that they come up with something you know that that on, on their own so to say hey wouldn't this be cool mm. because that is not the way we work with art if we say we need now we mm. need you know 20 illustrations in this batch or now we need this cover for for, for yeah. this text so that's usually how we work. Sounds like quite a tight-knit working group if you're working directly with the artist because often, yeah. you know, you find yeah. the writers aren't working directly with the artist. There's always going to be something, yeah. there's going to be a layer in between, whether that's yeah. an art director or something like that. Is that a little different with you guys? No, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's different. And maybe it's because, I don't know if you know it, but I, I was uh, heading uh, Paradox yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Entertainment way, way back when we had the Conan brand, yeah. right? So, so I worked Ooh. a lot with, I was the art director for Conan at that time. So, so uh, I'm kind of used to that, and 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 then we had, you know, we had McFarlane toys and comic, of course, comics and role playing. Yeah, we had everything, yeah. right? Which means that you need to work with them on a daily basis to get, you know, everything, you know, consistent. Mm. Yeah, it's very it's a very hands on approach. I know I don't yeah. know how common that is. Probably more so in smaller companies than larger ones. I mean, I can't imagine someone like. Uh, Wizard of the Coast, it working quite like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very no. different. I would have thought, but uh, it's just like a no. Little- but yeah, but it, it's also a way. You know, I mean, for us, right? Minds has always been labor of love stuff. It's never been. You know, we need to go big. We need to be. I mean, we that that is not what we want. Mm. We want to put out really good products. Yeah. That is what we want. Yeah. And that is why we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see, it, it comes through. You can, you can see the, um, you know, the stuff is, the stuff is, like you say, labour of love stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I was, I was going to sort of ask a, a bit more about the whole sort of Swedish thing. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on about it. But, no, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, yeah. it just keeps coming back to me just about how mm the Swedish companies do seem to kind of really dominate a lot of the, a, a lot of the industry. And they, they yeah. definitely, I think, punch above their weight, don't they? Mm. In terms of the size of the companies. Yeah. And uh, the sort of amount of impact they seem to be making on the online sort of RPG community and, and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, have you got any thought yeah. about why that is? Why, why, why are the Swedish companies punching so hard? 
Uh, I think two reasons, right? I mean, one is that mm. we 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 were pretty big in the eighties, yeah. right? So this was a you know mm. I think we sold a Swedish game called Rocker and the Moner, which was uh, you know uh, uh, Steve Perry and uh, you know yeah, yeah. mechanics. I think BBRP, right? That that, that was huge, and it sold like two hundred thousand copies in in one year, nineteen eighty two or something. Mm. So in, in little Sweden, so everyone here played, right? So we kind of. Uh, nurtured a generation of role-playing, you know, uh, people, yeah. right? So, and 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 that eventually, to to be honest, that eventually emerged now into a very very strong uh, video game. Uh, community here or not a community uh, companies mm. so we have a few really big uh, international computer games companies here in sweden and and i think that kind of uh, that was the the tent pole of a lot of people playing a lot of people having ideas of a good uh, you know rpg mm. game and then with with all the you know money flooding into the the video games industry you know they they, they could they could uh, you know hire some really good artists and some of those artists i mean alvaro tapia for example he started as a game designer for 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 a video games company mm. and 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 now they are taking gigs on the side and so so they i mean they are professional in this trade and yeah. and and i think that and, and we had some strong really strong franchises swedish fran- franchises so when we released i mean when we released rock of the Mourner, uh, re-released it in 99 it was a hit mm. and when free the free league released uh, mutant you know i think it's what's it called in english now uh, zero or something mutant zero mm, yeah that Year was actually zero, started yeah. The, yeah yeah that, that started as a swedish franchise right yeah and and, and mm. then we took different paths. So so Free League started to do a lot of you know uh, franchise stuff, uh, third party. You know we, we haven't been into that uh, at at all. We we're not interested in that. That 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 makes you grow in number, but it doesn't necessarily means that you you create any sustainable value. Mm. But but I mean we are passionate about uh, role playing games. I think and that it started mm. there. Right, it started right. there very much. So. Would you say like, like the incidence, the, uh, the the number of people in Sweden, sort of for the size of the population, sort of per capita, is possibly yeah. higher than in some other countries? Is that yes, the- definitely, definitely. I mean, if you go to if you go on the street here, and and I mean, even my wife knows, uh, you know, obscure role playing wow. games, and she's you know, so 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 they I'm know. I'm leaving it's, it's to Sweden brand, tomorrow. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, on my, I'm getting on a boat tomorrow. I'll be- <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's been changing, right? But but since since. Uh, you know, it, it really nurtured a generation of role-playing yeah. gamers. That's fantastic. In big numbers. I mean, do yeah. you, when you when you sell the English language versions and the uh, Swedish language versions, do the Swedish language, you know, sales are they are they stronger than the English language or? No, not not now. It it isn't. But but we so we have only one. We have kind of abandoned uh, the the Swedish market a bit. Unfortunately, oh, right. we have one very strong Swedish brand which we're selling basically only to retail now. Mm. But that is mm-hmm. on the top list, and it's on the you know after Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu and some other games that you know we mm. we are on the top list. But 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 other, otherwise we are looking at the international market right. and US obviously okay. is the strongest for us. Yeah, yeah, when it's mm. big in the US, yeah. Right, I think we need to start winding up now. Um, yeah, well, that's very stuff. Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. I've really, really enjoyed that conversation. And I've, I've wanted to talk to somebody about all these Swedish role-playing games for ages, so I'm really yeah. glad I got a chance yeah, yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, so good luck with the Kickstarter. Thanks. It looks like it's doing really, really well, yeah. and I'm sure it's going to do incredibly well. Thanks. That was that was a real pleasure. If you come on again next time we have a Kickstarter, we'd love to have you back again sure. to talk about the next one. Sure, I'd be happy to. 
really yeah, yeah, that's that yeah. real fun thank you so much Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I've just sorted out the dog. Oh, so, a dog and a cat. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. I know, he's such a handsome boy. Yeah. Do you think we should introduce Monty to Hudson? <laughs> I can't uh, see that going well. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's like, you know. Yeah. Hudson's a nice dog, and Monty is not a nice cat. Yeah, Hudson, Hudson, Hudson does like cats. Mm. Cats just don't like Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, yeah.